Welcome back, everyone. We're Simply Bitcoin. We break down the news from Twitter, the daily fail, meme review, software releases, hardware releases, and the websites by plebs. Joining us today, very special guest, Bitcoiner, analyst, trader, event organizer. We've got Tone Vase. All right. First, we're going into the numbers. Let's do it. Number time. Number Time is brought to you by Bitcoin 2022. It's going to be the largest Bitcoin conference ever hosted in sunny, sunny Miami Beach, Florida. But you can take advantage of the link down below for 10% off your tickets to Bitcoin 2022. At the time of this recording, the block height is 717,496. The Bitcoin price, 43,195. Chain rewrite days, 748. Total public lightning capacity. 3,310.25. Look at that. We crept up on that. Moscow time, 2315. And blocks to the happening, 122,504. Nico, the painful numbers, but great when you're stacking. Painful numbers. I think Bitcoin is dead. No, but in all seriousness, we're going to change it up. You know, you guys know the drill. We usually don't, you know, we we don't focus on the price too much because, you know, we like to focus on more of the Bitcoin news and the memes and all that good stuff. But can't not talk about the price when you have the legendary Tone Vase on the show. So I'm going to pull up this chart. It's not going to be as fancy as Tones, but just to kind of give you guys some context of what happened the last year, right? This is the Bitcoin price of the last year, right? And as you can see... It's basically stayed around 50K. You know, obviously it's gone above, a little bit above, a little bit below, but it's it's stayed basically at 50K. And I think it's safe to say a lot of us were surprised, including myself, right? I think that we were all expecting, you know, a higher price in December. And who else better to talk about that than Tone Vase? Tone, what what happened? What what like what what happened with Bitcoin? What, what, did it surprise you? Like what's going on? Hey guys, first off, thanks for having me on. Awesome show. Uh, you guys got going. And yeah, the Bitcoin price has surprised many, many people. Uh, so many of us were expecting 100,000 by end of year. Uh, many prominent analysts were expecting upwards of 300,000 by end of year. And of course, uh, the price does its own thing. It's not easy to predict it. Uh, this is why trading requires a lot more than getting the direction right. Uh, did not have a very good day uh, this week. We are actually kind of down into uh, this uh, low 40s area, uh, but that's okay. I'm still, I still think we're in a bull market overall. Um, I think we will have a really good 2022 where 2022 is going to close above uh, 2021. Uh, as of right now, well, there was a price just got a little too high. I mean, you never know where FOMO sets in. Even back in 2017, I thought it was crazy for Bitcoin to go above 7,500 that year, considering it started at 700. We ended up going to 20,000. But that last push from 7,500 up to 20 only took a couple of weeks, it took like three weeks to get there. So we could have easily topped out at over 100K, just one more doubling the way it happened in 2017. Uh, but we uh, fell short, topped out uh, just under 70. Um, I think this is going to reverse in the near future. Uh, I think within the next few months, we are going to find a bottom. Now, that bottom could be around 30, or that bottom could have already happened yesterday. Uh, that's the one thing that nobody knows, uh, but I am overall bullish going into 2022, uh, even if the first couple of weeks are a little rocky. 
Awesome. Phil? Yeah, I just wanted to say, I think it's very interesting that you bring up that that price movement back then from 2015, because that, that was when I first originally got in before I ever understood anything. And to see that move, to be a part of that, it, it was just like that, that definite, like, I mean, if that didn't, if that didn't make you wake up and say, this thing is different then nothing will because I, I don't get me wrong, but like, I, you know, I remember seeing it get to the one K, you know, the two K region. I'm like, there's no way this thing just keeps going up. Like it doesn't just keep doing this. And, and I swear this thing just destroyed everything. So that's, it's definitely interesting. Let me ask you this though. Um, so if you were to pick, like if you were to pick specific themes that kind of stopped the, the bull run that we were just in, because right, we're in a perpetual bull run, right? Bitcoin always goes up. But like, if you were to pick specific themes, what would they be? It would probably be uh, China, uh, you know, putting uh, an end to their mining. Uh, that would, that's the first thing that kind of stopped it. And around the same time, the other catalyst was uh, BlockFi no longer buying into GBTC in order to collect on that premium. So uh, throughout most of 2022, especially at the very end, sorry, at the very end of 2020, uh, of 2020 uh, going into 2021, uh, we had Grayscale buying double the average number of Bitcoins being mined. And they were doing that for about three to six months. And all of a sudden, cold turkey, that stopped. So this demand from a single company buying double uh, Bitcoins being mined on a, on a daily basis, all of a sudden starts buying zero, right? So that GBTC premium going from positive to negative is a big deal because a lot of people were buying into that GBTC in order to then sell it six months later and collect an extra 10 to 20% plus the price that Bitcoin is rising. So everything is like was working out. I think that was a huge catalyst to like remove that buying pressure. And this is one of the things that I have to explain to people that when prices go down, there doesn't need to be a magical seller. Like there's usually is no magical seller. Uh, for prices to go down, the buying demand just needs to stop. For prices to keep going up, this buying demand has to keep coming and coming and coming. And uh, the moment that buying demand stops, prices start to drop. People want to buy less, prices drop more. People want to buy less, prices drop more until it finds that perfect equilibrium. So I think those were the two uh, really, really big catalysts and uh, the continued success of shitcoins. Uh, people are just buying into shitcoins. Uh, you've been, like you said, you got in around that time. I would say the majority of my followers are still people that started following me in that 2017 bull run. And right now, everyone is about uh, the shitcoins. You can see how those channels that promote shitcoins are growing like crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, people love the shitcoins. The SEC, not that we love regulators being you know, more anarcho-capitalists, but the regulators have done absolutely nothing in the last 12 months. Uh, they filed that Ripple case, which it looks like they're probably going to lose, uh, which opens up the door even more for these shit coins and it's going to change the model. I know we're going to talk more about shit coins later on, uh, giving up some kind of awards or something, but um, yeah, the, the, the shit coins are, and you can see it in the Bitcoin dominance chart. So the interest is kind of there and this is going to end one of two ways. Either there will be a shit coin bubble uh, that will flood all of that eventually into the safe haven of Bitcoin, or it all starts going up. And then the shit coins will reach another unreasonable bubble uh, and they both crash. 
so it, it depends. Like the 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 rise in these shitcoins can drive uh, the price of Bitcoin when they eventually realize or a big one collapses, and uh, whether it's Ethereum or another big one collapses, because it doesn't look like the regulators are going to do anything about it. So it'll have to collapse based on their incredible technology uh, that is scaling so well. Uh, so when it collapses based on their own merits, then it will be too late for those people. But their cousins that have similar ridiculous technology, uh, people invested in that will suddenly say, hey, maybe if that one collapsed, this one might also collapse. Uh, so we can we might have to wait on that a little bit. So maybe a few more crypto kitty projects going on Ethereum or some more NFTs, and then it'll just stop functioning completely. So that's what we kind of hope may hope for at this point. Awesome. So Tone, last question of the numbers: What makes you so bullish about 2022? What are you seeing in the charts that the rest of us can't see? So in the charts, we are part of a pretty big, like more secular bull market. It just doesn't feel like Bitcoin had any kind of a serious mania. Um, I mean, you saw it twice in 2013. You saw it once in 2017. You even saw a little bit of it in early 2019 when it went from 4,000 straight up to 14. Uh, that was a really, really fast move up. But this time around, it didn't go up all that fast. Uh, it went up a lot from a nominal perspective. Uh, but once we crossed that 10,000, and yeah, we went to 60,000 from 10,000, uh, that's about a 6x uh, move on that. But it didn't happen all that quickly. And the amount of Bitcoin that Michael Saylor was buying and Tesla was buying and El Salvador announcement, uh, these were some serious catalysts that did not even exist in uh, the prior ones. And I think eventually it will um, show itself. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. So that's from a charting perspective. Uh, we're just, uh, we're right in the middle of the cycle. I do think we will top out prior to the halving and we'll probably go down unless we keep going up slowly and slowly and slowly. So maybe the cycles will change a little bit. Uh, I'm more bullish from a fundamental perspective than uh, the TA perspective right now. Again, everyone is watching El Salvador. I think other countries are going to be accepting of Bitcoin. I think more corporations are going to be looking into it. Um, I mean, if Bitcoin holds its own here, uh, yeah, I know it's down about 40, 50%. But once it starts creeping back up to that $50,000, $55,000 range with the previous all-time high in sight, there's going to be some serious FOMO. Uh, one of the best trades in any asset is a break of its prior all-time high after a delayed consolidation or pullback. Uh, this is why Bitcoin went crazy in 2013 after breaking 250. It went uh, crazy in 2017 after breaking 1500, which was the next all-time high. And it uh, went crazy after breaking 20K uh, in 2020. So now it's been a pretty prolonged absence when we went from 60 to 30 back to 60, that didn't take that long. When we come back to 65 again, now you measure the time from the first time it was at 60. Now a whole year will pass before we get back to 60. And then we can go from 60 to 150 in a matter of a month or two. 
I mean, that's what FOMO sits in. There's just not enough Bitcoin to go around. Awesome. And this is why you have to follow Tone Vase. He's a trading channel. And I heard you say this yesterday. We're a HODL channel. That's what we are on Simply Bitcoin. <laughs> but anyways, Phil, it's time for The Daily Fail. The Daily Fail is brought to you by Amber App. Check them out. Amber.app. It is the easiest way to buy Bitcoin. You can buy the Schiff. That's right. Every time Peter Schiff does a terrible tweet about Bitcoin, you can stack that. Anyways, the link is down below. All right, guys, some technical difficulties there, but we got it all solved. Okay, so yesterday we reported on Global Dash Meta, right, which was using the Meta logo from Facebook. And if you scrolled all the way down to the bottom, it showed that it was started by, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and it showed his whole, you know, team of people on it. And of course, with some digging and some help from the fans, right, we've got uh, some some fellow Bitcoiners that helped us out. Turns out that not only, okay, so shitcoins are a scam to begin with, but this was a scam of a scam. So it's it's a shitcoin, but on top of that, it's not really Facebook that's doing the token. So uh, it's it's a, a scam squared. Anyways, we've got another rug pull, January 5th, 2022. This is interesting though. It came from Malwarebytes, which I really wasn't expecting. So let's dive into it, okay? All right, I never heard of this this garbage project, but let's dive into it because we can see here that this is just a, a total and utter rug pull. It's a project called Arbix Finance that was indeed, it pulled its site and deleted its Twitter. Arbix was audited and approved by Certix, right? Which we've shown you in the past is an auditing firm, which audits a lot of these projects that eventually go and get rug pulled. So, a project called Arbix Finance has indeed pulled its site and deleted its Twitter. Arbix was audited and approved by Certic in November, adding legitimacy to itself and a way to reassure users it is on the level. Really? That, that's it? It just provides the auditing firm, which we've shown you from the wrecked leaderboard, right? They've audited tons of projects that were wrecked. Here's an example press release in relation to the certification of another cryptocurrency platform. Audits and certifications such as these are common in the DeFi space, so it's probably a bit disconcerting for users to see the rug pull happen despite such forms of approval. So check this out, right? This is from the audit page history right from Arbix Finance. The project has been confirmed to be a rug pull and is deemed high risk. Don't engage or interact with this project. So they're getting better at telling you about the rug pulls, but unfortunately, it's just a little too late, right? This should happen during the auditing. And, and believe me, this ends to me anyways, in a pretty epic fail because I am not an auditor, okay? In any way, shape or form. I'm just some dude that goes and Googles crap. Right? So here we go. Community alert. Arbix Finance has been identified as a rug pull. Privileged functionalities appear in the identified smart contracts. The team is looking into it. The, the same team that wrote the code that's being hacked. Okay. So let's go over to Token Sniffer. This is a website I use all the time. The link's going to be in the show notes. Right? And let's take a look. We go look for this RBX token. I'm not an auditor or anything. Here we go. Zero of 100 high risk score. Look at this. The token's audit score of zero indicates there is a high risk of it being a scam now or in the future. So there you go. I'm not an auditor. I don't have an auditing firm. I go to token sniffer. I type in the shitcoin or I type in the stupid project and I found out just how scammy it is. And 
you know, you can you guys will be able to go see if you want to go check out the the actual site itself. It goes through and it checks these very basic things, these very basic elements about the smart contracts. You know, like what is the ownership? Is the token even sellable? Basic stuff. And we are not auditors. Anyways, there you go. Another rug pull. That's three rug pulls. And it's January 6th, 2022. <laughs> Man, uh, I don't even know what to say. Like, it just keeps on happening. And then, you know, it, it, it just highlights the fact that no one could really audit these smart contracts. They're so complex that even when they say there's an audit, it does. It's irrelevant. There's a rug pull still happens. But anyways, I want to hear Tone's perspective on sh on these shit coins, on this DeFi. I don't even know what it was. What was it, Phil? Uh, you know what? It was providing liquidity. There was. I gotta tell you, man. There's almost no information on this thing except that it was a rug pull. Oh. So it's it's really it's it's one of these super vague things. It didn't even have. You know, it, it had very little engagement, but just enough that it can steal your money. 10 million <laughs> bucks, man. It's it's not nothing, right? It's 10 million bucks. It's a good chunk of change. Anyways, Tone, what are your thoughts on all this? Yeah, providing liquidity is like the new buzzword. Like, what is the point of your token? Well, it provides liquidity. That's uh, the answer. Like, if you if you ask them, what does that mean? That most of the people promoting the token will not even know what that means, providing liquidity. What it means is uh, early people that printed it for themselves get to sell it in the aftermarket because uh, some exchange has listed it and a bunch of dumb people want to actually trade it. That's what it means, provide liquidity. So this is the part where a use case for a project is now the ability to trade that project's token. And that is the ultimate use case. And then they have to you know, come up with some kind of reason as to why that token needs to exist. Uh, it could be absolutely anything. Like, I need this token to buy a cup of coffee. Uh, so it's like the reason is completely irrelevant and the dumber and the crazier the reason, the more people will fall for it. Like Hex, for example, right? So the reason for a Hex token to exist is apparently, according to Richard Hart, the most important thing in the entire world of finance is the ability to create interest. Um, he actually managed to build a token around that, right? The world of CDs where you lock up a token and earn interest on it is somehow uh, the most important part ever, and we need a new currency just for that. So again, the bigger the scam, uh, the more people you know buy into it. But we can also use Ethereum as an example. Now, the dumber the scam, the sooner, the earlier they collapse. Like I, I think that um, for things like OneCoin and BitConnect are actually less scammy than Ethereum because they were always going to collapse sooner because people recognize them as the stupidity that they are. But things like Ethereum keep going and going and going, suckering in more people until they either uh, collapse due to regulation takeover or uh, you know, by the fact that they can't scale or what most likely is gonna happen, just like with Ripple, they will convert to a fully centralized corporation and the token becomes the new de facto, uh, you know, security, the stock of the corporation, right? Like Ethereum's a corporation, Ripple's a corporation. Uh, they're, they're, they're all companies. Now, who's going to, uh, I guess, what jurisdiction is going to oversee those companies? That's the tricky part, right? 
Like at the moment, the United States kind of oversees all that, but we're watching what's going on with politics. I don't know how political your show gets. We're watching what's happening with politics and um, not, not to mention the fact that no superpower or its currency lasts more than 100 years and the United States is pushing on that limit. So maybe 10 to 20 more years. And then from a historical perspective, the US dollar is due for a complete collapse. And if that happens, the United States will no longer police the world of securities, especially digital securities. So who knows what's going to happen in that world where there is no jurisdiction. So people will have to uh, you know, decide on 1 billion different tokens as to which ones are actually viable. And uh, good luck with that. And I'll stick to Bitcoin. I'm sure you guys will as well. <laughs> well beautifully, beautifully Shitcoin said. Slayer. Yeah, man. Tone the shitcoin slayer. Phil, I think I think he one upped you there, bro. He did. He totally did. Usually, usually it's Phil the shitcoin slayer. Today it's Tone the shitcoin slayer. But Destroyed I, every single use case. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely agree. This this is why Bitcoin and not shitcoins. But anyways, Phil, it's time for the daily meme review. The daily meme review is brought to you by Citadel Twenty One. It's the best Bitcoin cultural zine to zine by toxic Bitcoiners comics, articles, stories by plebs, and it's scarce. There's only a thousand copies made per volume. Anyways, get your print of Citadel 21 today. First meme is brought to us by the legendary Greg Zag. Can somebody, for the love of God, explain to me what the actual F NFTs are and how they work? Imagine you have a wife and your wife is getting drilled by everyone and you, can do, and you can't do... <laughs> but you have the marriage certificate. That's the NFT. Absolutely amazing by Greg Zag. All right, I'm going to give that a like. All right, moving on. This is by Bitcoin Gandalf. He's a friend of the show. We're going to taper our asset purchase program. Really? <laughs> I love uh, that template. It's so good. All right, it's next so one. Good. Oh, it's by Phil. Bitcoin <laughs> and shitcoins. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's right. Greg's template. Next one. Okay. Let them buy hard drives. Oh, this is deep. This is yes! deep. Yes. That's it, yes. Let me explain it to people that don't understand. This is Maria. And if you okay, yeah, go ahead. There is go an ahead. explanation if you if you click on it, right? If you if you yeah, go go click on that. And now look, the original look oh, right there. Okay, let's where play he explains, it. where he shows the video. Let's play it. 85 terabytes per year is actually is totally fine, right? Like because uh, 85 terabytes per year, like if you have if you have even one person that just keeps buying like a um, hundred dollar hard drive, like I think once every month, then they can store it, right? Like it's something like that. So it's too big for just like a casual user that just wants to run the chain on their laptop. But one dedicated user who cares, like they can totally afford to uh, um, afford to store the chain. <laughs> How dedicated is that user, Nico? Oh my god see this is the power of memes this is why we cover memes because they're so effective at getting a message across dude that was an epic meme and for anyone who doesn't know that in that picture that's maria antoinette the 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 french monarch that got her head cut off during the french revolution and she famously said let, let me them eat cake. cake while they would all starve all the peasants would starve but anyways for those memes i'm going to give it a special edition adam's Bitcoin shoe has 21 million. No, it's the other one that says 21 million. Anyways, yeah. What about you, Phil? What would you give those memes? Nice kicks. Nice kicks. All right. I am going with, and yeah, those are epic memes. Okay. I'm going with something a little unconventional. My Indo board. Oh. 
That's right, it's a balance board. Okay, I I almost cracked my head on that. Very, very good. Hey, Nico, you? you're, gonna, you're gonna love this one, man. And I was actually gonna do it before you held up the shoe. Because I was gonna hold up a big point sock. Oh! There's wow. always synchronicity. You have... <laughs> You have, and uh, you can look at the encrypt. Uh, you can look at the. Oh, my camera does is. There we go, and uh, you can see what it says on the side of that sock, and that is basically Bitcoin's birthday. Sick. Okay, Solid you have socks. You have the full package. You have shoes, socks, and a balancing board. Everything. You're ready to go. <laughs> You have the full nine yards. Anyways, guys, we want to know, do you agree with our scores? Do you disagree? Let us know down in the comment section. You guys know the drill. We say things that piss off central bankers, so make sure to subscribe to us on alternative video platforms like Rumble.com and our personal favorite, BitcoinTV.com. They don't censor there because it's Bitcoin TV. And, of course, join our Telegram group. Link us some Bitcoin memes to review. Anyways, Phil, it's time for the Daily News. The Daily News is brought to you by CryptoCloaks.com. They make the best 3D printed merch, like the 3D printed Bitcoin grenade opens up. You can put your favorite hardware wallet. Or the 3D printed Honey Badger also opens up. You can put your hardware wallet. Anyways, take advantage of the link down below for 5% off CryptoCloaks.com. All right, I know what you guys are thinking. Why the fuck am I talking about Kazakhstan? Bear with me. I'll tell you in a sec. Kazakhstan is in turmoil after massive protests forced the government to resign. Powerful anti-government protests are rock rocking Kazakhstan after a sudden hike in fuel prices drew intense public condemnation over the weekend. The entire presidential cabinet has resigned in response to the unrest. That's an understatement. <laughs> Shit's going down. Check out this video. And look at this tweet, by the way. Kazakhstan government resigns after protests stormed the main government building in Almaty. Inflation and high fuel prices were reasons for this. My guess is that we will see more governments resign over inflation-related issues. Is that a foreshadowing? I don't know. I'll let you guys be the judge. Anyways, let's check out the video. So it doesn't look that bad, right? But yeah, they eventually got in the building and they fuck shit up, you know? So things are burning down. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. Why am I talking about Kazakhstan? That's a very good question. Let's click on this. This is the Bitcoin mining map. It essentially represents how much hash rate is in every country. Kazakhstan actually has 18% estimated of the Bitcoin hash rate, and that is due for the reason that Tone brought up during the numbers segment when the Bitcoin ban uh, mining ban happened in China. Those miners migrated to Kazakhstan. And I know also what you guys are thinking, what does this have to do? There's a turmoil, you know, what does it matter? Well, one of the things that the government's tried to do to quash the protests is essentially shut down the internet. And that caused Bitcoin mining hash rate to drop 13%, right? They could have stopped this, right? Instead of relying on an internet service provider, they could have connected to the Blockstream satellite. We launched Blockstream satellite in 2017. Internet blackouts were expected. Miners with enough foresight will not be affected and the Bitcoin network will operate normally. Now I'm gonna put my tinfoil hat on for a little bit, right? It's a hell of a coincidence, right? That China bans Bitcoin mining, minor, many miners flee to Kazakhstan, and then Kazakhstan shuts down the internet a couple months later. Coincidence, maybe. Either ways, Honey Badger doesn't care, right? So look, 
a lot of things to break down there. Is it a coincidence that a couple months after, you know, China bans Bitcoin mining, all of a sudden there's a there's a nationwide internet shutdown in Kazakhstan that has a history of being relatively peaceful, right? That that's kind of strange. Um, I think that uh, this also concerns me, and I'm gonna pull up the map again because look, there's really not that many other countries. And what also concerns me is that now that so many miners left China, the United States has almost 35% of the hash, I mean, 35% of the hash rate. And what are, what are you know, if, if people flee Kazakhstan, where else are they going to go? You know, other countries have minimal amounts. Brazil has 42%. Colombia has 0.01%. Mexico has 8%. I think Canada has 9%, right? Kazakhstan is a major Bitcoin miner, right? And... So I, I don't know if it's related. I don't know, you know, if this is a state level attack. I know some Bitcoiners are speculating about that on Twitter, but Bitcoiners always feel like they're under attack anyways, naturally. Um, but it's just something to keep an eye out. Uh, and I think that this was a major cause of the of the price drop yesterday. Um, I think that either, you know, market players got scared and they sold their, uh, sold their Bitcoin or perhaps maybe the hashes, hash rates connected to the price. I have no idea. But uh, I thought I thought it was interesting, and I wanted to bring it to you guys' attention. Tone, what do you think about this? And then we'll move on to Phil. Yeah, it's really really interesting that uh, I I should know more about Kazakhstan. I mean, I've 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 only I've been to that country once, but only for like one day. Uh, it's bordering Russia. Um, I speak fluent Russian. Uh, always wanted to spend a little more time there. Uh, a little unexpected, and over the rise in inflation. Uh, which is also like overrise of gas prices. There is nothing anybody can do about the rise of gas prices. Uh, well, of course, there is something you can do about the rise of gas prices. Stop shutting down, like, for example, nuclear power plants in Germany, uh, because now they're going to require other forms of energy. Uh, green energy is not capable of replacing traditional um, energy, which includes uh, oil. I expect the price of oil to go significantly higher. I've been talking about it on my channel for months now. And uh, I did see that top coming. I called it perfectly. But now we're going back up. I think oil is going to break $100 a barrel and probably $200 a barrel. So if this is what we have to look forward to, expect the same exact thing from many, many countries. Now, whether this is good or bad for future hash rate in Kazakhstan, it's yet to be seen. What is the new government going to do? Is the new government going to be more tyrannical and more uh, socialist communist, like where you come from, Nico, or, is the, or where I come from as well? Or is the new government going to be a little more um, free market, uh, like, you know, elements of the U.S. And uh, to me right now, Mexico has got the freest free market right now in the world. So is it going to be more like that? And based on the fact that so many Bitcoiners are now going to be moving into Latin America, I mean, there's nowhere else to go. I have no interest in moving to Europe. I have no interest in moving to Asia right now. They're, they, they went even more hardcore on lockdowns. You just saw who, who announced today, the Philippines. Did you see the news from the Philippines? Um, the Philippine president just announced, uh, oh, Nico, we don't have your audio, probably because you played something. Oh, yeah, but, uh, sorry. No, I uh, muted it. Okay. Uh, so news out of the Philippines is the president just announced that they want to arrest unvaccinated people if they go outside. So that is where Asia is going. There's still, you know, like ridiculous quarantines. Hong Kong still has a three-week quarantine, assuming you can even get into the country. Uh, so the only places are left are Africa and Latin America. And I think that's going to take up a lot of the 
uh, of the mining. I mean, Latin America has historically been known for these kinds of revolutions uh, and uh, takedowns of uh, presidents, but maybe that is changing. And the world is always changing. Like the pendulum always swings from one side uh, to the other. Um, places like uh, Iran and probably North Korea are going to pick up a huge slack on this mining, though North Korea might have a challenge getting the miners in. But uh, it's, I mean, like, Kazakhstan still got a shot. You know, it really depends what kind of new government uh, gets in. And while there was a bit of a free-for-all, you know, you can certainly uh, mine off of, like, you can't police it. It's kind of like Venezuela, right? Like, uh, if only uh, Venezuela, like, was going through its full-blown collapse when Bitcoin mining was a little more robust, I bet you a lot of people would have taken advantage of that and mined like crazy before the eventual shutdown. So it's really hard to say. Uh, The drop could be attributed to many things. This is one of them, but also the stock market crashed quite a bit. Uh, And also there's the Fed announcement. I mean, this is what really happens, right? It's like, show me the price and I'll show you the news, right? Like the (laughs) price crashed and now everyone is scrambling what the reason is. And, you know, shit goes on somewhere in the world every single day. And Bitcoin is a global asset. So, yeah, did it contribute to it? Yeah, it certainly, you know, didn't help. Uh, but this is where my friend uh, Grassfed Bitcoin, Bitcoin Mechanic, and I kind of disagree. He always sees it like the more adversarial uh, governments get to Bitcoin, uh, the better it is. So this was us debating over China, where he says China banning Bitcoin is amazing. And I'm like, no, China banning Bitcoin isn't so great. I was actually happy that the majority of the hash rate was in China because everything else related to Bitcoin, the majority is in the United States. And... Um, if it is a conspiracy theory that this was caused because of Bitcoin mining, which I do think is kind of insane, uh, then more hash rates going to come to the U.S. And that's not good. I don't want 51 percent of mining taking place in the U.S., even if it is across 10 different companies, but all regulated by the same entity. I mean, this is, these are all bad things. Uh, it's bad enough. The majority of the custodians are all American, but like it's all uh, not good. So I want to see Kazakhstan put in a better government. And hopefully one that is more open-minded. They should give uh, 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 they should give El Salvador a call, and maybe they can actually uh, build their next government with the right uh, in in the right way by giving people at least financial freedom uh, and watch everyone wanting to move it. We need more than one place to move to because what happened, and I've seen it. Time and time again, oh, we're all moving to Bali. And then all these scammers show up and the government goes, no. And then it was Malta. And, and, uh, and then it was uh, Estonia, who just, I think, banned uh, wallets that aren't custod- like custodial wallets, right? And right now it's all over Dubai. Like everyone moved to Dubai. And the central bank of Dubai, I'm not even sure why Dubai has a central bank or like UAE has a central bank because they're pegged to the dollar. So I have no idea what that uh, central bank actually does. Uh, but uh, but they just announced like, nope, nobody can talk about crypto publicly. And I was like, yeah, but like I can't talk about Bitcoin. It was really funny. I was the, the news broke the day before I'm speaking at a conference, right? Uh, I'm, on a, I'm on a panel called Gold versus Bitcoin. And the news breaks and one of the conference managers comes up to me. He's like, oh, by the way, due to the new regulation, you're not allowed to say the word Bitcoin. And I'm like, but I'm about to go on a panel that's titled Bitcoin versus gold. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> it's like a living meme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's ridiculous. Like, are you serious? 
So that's, so that's what happens, right? And now everyone's going to move to El Salvador. Like the amount of scamming in the crypto space is going to go out of control there. Like Bitcoiners need multiple places. So hopefully mm-hmm. uh, Kazakhstan will uh, will have a good government. And if they don't, then yeah, the miners are going to have to move again. But yep. uh, each time they move, you know, they're going to get better at it. So it'll be faster. And maybe they'll start using the satellites. Absolutely. Very, very well put. Phil, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, man. Like, okay, so Tone obviously, you know, hit some really important points there. And, you know, going back to what you said, Nico, about things being a a coincidence, right? It's going to start to be, it's going to start to be, okay, we saw those miners move, uh, sorry, they migrated from China to Kazakhstan. So it's only logical that if Kazakhstan starts to become extremely hostile, right? What are they going to do? They're going to once again move to the closest, quote unquote, safest places that they can start to mine as soon as possible, right? Because, right, time is money. And especially in Bitcoin, it's like the longer you have those miners off, the more money you're losing and all that good stuff, right? The more Bitcoin you're losing. So, of course, they want to get those things back up and running as soon as possible. So what would be really interesting and totally on par for Clown World is that Kazakhstan becomes more draconian, Bitcoin miners further mer- like migrate out away from Kazakhstan, and then we start to see these ridiculous narratives or similar narratives play out in those countries. Mm. And that's pretty... I'm just waiting for Clown World to take its place and continue to do what it, uh, what it does. I, and uh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tone. No, I think Russia could be a beneficiary here, right? I mean, like, if the U.S. just took all of this Bitcoin hash rate, I mean, I'm sure other governments are watching. Right. They're watching El Salvador, what's going on there. Uh, they're watching China just got rid of their mining. Fine. U.S. took all of that. Right. And it's not just that. It's it's jobs. It's uh, the industry. I mean, look how many more millionaires and already billionaires got created from the crypto space overall. You now have stadiums uh, named after shit coins. Right. You have mm-hmm. FTX and you have Crypto.com. They have taken over stadiums and others are going to do the same. Like, like football teams, you have, uh, uh, you know, people buy, like crypto people buying football teams. You know, like, uh, let's let, let, not, uh, I don't know if you guys covered that. Like, so um, Russia is going to want a piece of that, right? Mm-hmm. They probably will. It's kind of crazy that China kicked out Bitcoin miners, but China has something else going for it, right? Like China has full uh, digital control and digital surveillance of their people. Uh, Russia doesn't really have that. Yep. Uh, to an extent. So Russia will need to compete with the United States. It's the only thing standing in the way. Uh, so they may uh, take up some of that um, hash power over. So that uh, that would be great. But I, I got a, one more thing on that revolution in Kazakhstan. It was incredibly, like, I, I don't want to misuse the word, but it was incredibly peaceful for a revolution. Like the government just like surrendered and decided not to shoot at its people. Yeah. And uh, so it was like, like I saw the videos and uh, it's like uh, they're making like today is also uh, the sixth, right? Today is the anniversary of the Capitol storming. Ironically, <laughs> on the anniversary of the Capitol storming, that's exactly what just happened in Kazakhstan. And they're making that out to be like worse than 9-11 and Pearl Harbor combined uh because of the current administration and and that just like they just did that by taking over the capital their capital building and uh like if only every revolution was like that you'd have way more people living in the world and hopefully for the better i absolutely agree man and 
Oh man, don't though, though, though they don't actually want more people living in the world. That's a whole other topic. We can no, discuss. no, no. It, we, and we, <laughs> we, we, we've had guests to talk about that, but those oh, yes. are the episodes that go on Bitcoin TV exclusively. But anyways, yeah. Phil, there was an open source software release today. Why don't you tell everybody about it? Software releases. The software releases are brought to you by CypherSafe. Check them out, cyphersafe.io. Store your seed in the cipher wheel. That's right, tamper-proof, rust-proof, pet-proof, Nico-proof, fill-proof. The link is down below. All right, we've got Electors version 0.9.4 that was released. That's down below in the show notes. Guys, don't forget, Monday through Saturday, rain or shine. We post, we're going to let you know if we don't post, but we post our audio-only episodes as well. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Awesome. Thank you, Phil. He got it right. Uh, but anyways, guys, that was our show. Before we go, I want to give a very, very special shout-out to the legendary Tone Vase. And definitely, definitely, you guys don't want to miss unconfiscatable get your tickets quickly it's march 3rd through the 6th it's awesome they're gonna have a texas hold'em poker tournament this is they're gonna have a day full of speakers leading personalities experts focusing on the technology of bitcoin with emphasis on scalability privacy finance investing trading laws and regulation and the bitcoin carnivore dinner i'm pretty sure phil and i are gonna go there it's gonna be pretty pretty awesome definitely go check it out guys that was our show if you enjoyed the show smash that like button and of course if you want to continue hearing the catastrophic fails from the shit coiners central bankers and all the communists and the bitcoin news from the plea pleb perspective definitely consider subscribing and we'll see you tomorrow guys for a brand new episode of simply bitcoin bitcoin's helping us opt out of the clown world